0: Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't
1: turn your back on me. Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. I wouldn't dream of challenging you. Pity. Why not? Well, as far as brains go, I got the lion's share, but when it comes to brute strength... I'm afraid I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. Hi, I'm Joe
0: and I'm Tiana
1: and this is Next Door Villain,
0: a podcast where we uncover the villains to discover their humanity.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to Next Door Villain, the podcast where we talk about villains as if they were our next door neighbors and we wanted to get to know them.
0: Which would be pretty dope. I'd have some tea with them, drink some coffee, Mm -hmm. maybe have a chat.
1: Well, before we jump into the episode, I just want to do maybe a couple quick announcements. And the first one, I think, is that it's getting close to the holiday season, and we are going to take a brief hiatus. We'll be back uh, maybe sometime in January. Um with our next episode. We're not sure exactly, but if you don't see an episode for a couple of weeks, don't be scared. We'll be back eventually. We're thinking about maybe even doing a, another mini series like we did with our Batman, where we do a bunch of short fifteen minute episodes about villains that are somehow related. So if you've got any ideas for that, as always, reach out. We'd love to hear them. Something that we may be working on soon.
0: Yeah. Were there any other announcements?
1: No, I think that <laughs> I think that oh. that covers um, I'm pregnant. No, wait, really? No, Just you're not. Kidding. No, I'm not.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I wanted something.
1: You heard it first. Powerful. You're on Next Door Villain.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. Anywho, but you all better be prepared for this villain that we're about to talk about.
1: One of the most popular villains in Disney history. He's number one on a lot of people's lists, I think, because of. First of all, how incredibly villainous he is, how dark some of the things that he does are, um, but also how interesting and sassy and, and and compelling he is as a character in general.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a great singer. And it's also very fitting because I am going to Disney World in like one day. And if I see Scar, oh, I hope to see some villains, but I was looking at my agenda and they're all heroes. So I was a little disappointed in that.
1: Mm. Well hopefully you run into some villains. And if you do, yeah. you should have uh, Yeah. Snap some photos, get them up on the Instagram.
0: Right. And then I'll tell them about our podcast. And they yeah. can't talk back to me, so they'll just be like, uh-huh. <laughs> Nodding.
1: Anywho, um, I, I don't think we officially said it, but we're talking about Scar from the Lion King. Scar.
0: Be preep pre. <laughs> be
1: prepared. We're a little more rambly today than we usually are. <laughs>
0: right. So I'm really excited to just talk about Scar. Pretty cool guy, except for the fact that he tries to kill a cub child. But hey, we're here to talk about him, see where he's coming from.
1: Yeah. I think, I think one of the reasons he's so infamous as a character mm-hmm. is, is because um, for a Disney film, I think he's the first Disney villain to actually commit a murder on screen.
0: I know.
1: Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Um, and yeah. I, it was pretty controversial when it came out. So I think yeah. it's that that contrast between just how interesting and compelling he is as a character with the fact that he does some like truly heinous things on screen in front of us, like actually murdering someone, trying to murder a young child. Pretty scary stuff.
0: Yeah, it is. And I I was surprised, you know, I rewatched that part too, especially. And I was like, dang, he is ruthless, but also a very interesting character. He's really smart, as are many villains that Mm -hmm. we talk about, because he was able to construct a very interesting plan, like saying, oh, you have like your father is going to give you a gift stay in this one spot. And then the hyenas made a whole like huge mob. Of animals to run him over. It's just, who knew that a lion could be that smart?
1: Yeah, I didn't. Now I do. (laughs) I didn't either. But in
0: 1994, we found out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Before we dive into the episode too much, we gotta start out, like we always do, with our 30-second intro to the character challenge. Where we compete to see who could do a better job explaining the entire villain's backstory into a a minute 30-second succinct introduction.
0: And if you want to try your hand at it yourself, go right ahead. We have a voicemail line which we can never remember or memorize. Um, but we will post it on our website.
1: Yeah, yep. And uh <laughs> <laughs> and you can just message us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Ready? I hope so. Three, two, one, go.
0: All right, so Scar um, has a scar on his face, and he's very cunning and very smart type of villain. He's a lion. He's the brother to Mufasa, who is the king of the Pride Lands. And he has a son named Simba, who Scar hates because he's going to take the throne. And Scar was already the one who was going to take the throne anyway, but then Simba was born, and he hates that. So he tries to get the hyenas on his side, which he succeeds at, to overthrow Mufasa. He kills Mufasa, thinks he kills Simba, but then Simba comes back to kill him.
1: Wow, that was really good.
0: I mean, it helps that it's a Disney movie.
1: Yeah, so the plot's because fairly simple. Then the,
0: yeah, because then the, <laughs> the timeline is not as intense as some of the other villains' timelines.
1: Yeah, and most of our listeners will be familiar with this villain because... Let's be honest, who hasn't seen The Lion King at this point?
0: All right. Three, two, one, go. Go. All
1: right. Scar is a lion. Um, He's very skinny. He has a a dark colored mane, which is kind of sexy for a lion. Um, And he's also got a big scar (laughs) over his right eye, which is probably why uh, people call him Scar. It's not likely to be his original uh, born uh, given name. Uh, he is the younger brother to the King Mufasa. Mufasa is this much bigger, more powerful, stronger lion, and Scar is much smarter and more intelligent and wishes that he was the king. Boom.
0: I like how you remembered that the Scar is on the right eye. Did I say that? Yeah.
1: I'm not even sure that that is accurate.
0: (laughs) I was like, (laughs) whoa, you did your research.
1: Because I'm pretty sure it's on the left eye.
0: (laughs) Or you said something. You, you knew which eye. I don't even know my right foot from my left, so.
1: It's his right eye if you're, it's, it's your right when you're looking at him, it's his left. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but the scar is significant. It's not only a defining characteristic of his face, um, but it's what we know him as. And there are actually a few different backstories that are not necessarily canon, and I'm not really sure how to define what's canon for his backstory. So we're just going to yeah. kind of briefly describe a couple of the ways that he got his scar, because even though they, they are different stories, they all kind of have the same kind of message and theme to them. So the first backstory we get comes from the, a book, the, A Tale of Two Lions, which came out, I think, very shortly after the original film, and in it, Scar is a young lion named Taka. And he's more or less, he's upset that his brother is, is going to get to be king. And so he kind of orchestrates this plan to get a bunch of buffaloes to riot in order to try and kill Mufasa. But it basically, it backfires and one of the buffaloes scars him in the face. And then he actually decides to call himself Scar, almost kind of like mm-hmm. a badge of, of pride. Uh, for what oh, yeah. he went through. So in that story, his, the name Scar is actually kind of positive or it's it's a way that he identifies to make himself feel stronger, to take control of the narrative maybe. So that's, that's one story of how uh, he gets his name Scar.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know how I got these scars? Very Joker-like. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> villains think alike sometimes. But that's also a fascinating way how two villains related to one another. Interesting. Side note. That yeah, was- well,
1: scars <laughs> Scars are a very physical representation of, of a trauma or of a, something negative that happened that is a reminder to us. So it's, it's it, in a sense, it's not really surprising that, that multiple villains would kind of have that characteristic. Mm-hmm. For the Joker, it was the same kind of thing, even though we never really truly know where he got those scars in The Dark Knight because he tells us a bunch of different stories. Ultimately, all those stories centered around a trauma that changed his worldview or directed his worldview to what he became, which I think in some ways is also what happened to Scar, though in a, in a different way.
0: Right. Yeah. And speaking of scars, um, there's another story of how he got his Scar, but this story was told a bit after the 2010, so it's not typically canon, but I still found it pretty interesting. He used to be the leader of the Lion Guard to kind of protect the Pride Lands, and he was a pretty okay lion. And his real name during that time was Askari, which means soldier or warrior in Swahili. And so he had hints of wanting power because he was kind of jealous of his brother Mufasa, but he didn't get intense about it until he was bitten by a venomous cobra and received his scar that way. Basically, there was a different lion who said, hey, you know what, come with me. Um, Kind of like the snake in Eden kind of story where, hey, you can come with me and then you can take over Mufasa's reign and be the leader of the Pride Lands, but he was tricked. And the cobra poisoned him so that he would work towards taking over Mufasa. Of course, long story short, that lion that tricked him eventually like died or just was no longer in that picture, but the venom poisoned him. And so he had buds of hateful feelings that finally bloomed and venom contributed to who he is. So, of course, some of the feelings are his, but then some feelings were really um, exaggerated or just kind of shown as a lot (laughs) than, than what would originally happen. And, of course, the Buffalo story, he really takes ownership of the name Scar, but in this other story where he got the scar from the snake, he actually didn't like it very much, and his brother Mufasa just kind of patted him on the head and said, oh, we'll call you Scar now without asking him if he would even like that. So there's a little bit of disrespect there, like to call someone a name that they don't really care for as much because a name is a pretty personal thing. And if people were calling me something that I didn't really like, I would probably have more resentment towards them. And he, and that venom kind of made him angry and want to do harmful things. So in that case, some things were a little bit out of his control, like something externally made him want to do things that were bad.
1: Mm-hmm. In all in all these stories, there's this theme of him being upset that he was passed over to be king. And mm-hmm. pr- probably pretty arbitrarily, too. This is hinted a lot in, I think, all of the v- different versions of the stories that Scar is the smart one and Mufasa is the strong one and I mm-hmm. don't think it's a stretch for us to assume that one of the primary reasons that Mufasa got to be the leader is because he was the big strong one not necessarily mm-hmm. because he was intelligent or a great leader and and to me gosh that would be so upsetting because mm-hmm. everything I know and I learned growing up is that a, a good leader is more about your character and and the knowledge that you have and how good of a leader you are more than having brute strength and power. And I think that really had a negative effect on Scar and that uh, those feelings Mm -hmm. festered over time. And the Scar became a very physical representation of of those feelings that he had.
0: Yeah, right. And the Scar even goes on to say, like in the movie, he said, I was first in line for the throne until the little hairball was born. Basically alluding to that, like, I was going to be king. Um, but for some reason, this cub that is younger than me is going to be leader anyway. It's it's frustrating.
1: Yeah. Right? Actually, so I just watched the 2019 movie today, right before we, we recorded. And it's more, yeah. it's more or less the same story as the 1994 animated version. But I did notice that they very strongly insinuate that Mufasa caused the scar on scar hmm. they don't they don't Interesting. Ex- they don't explain it but it's it, it, they make it pretty clear that there was something that happened between the two of them that that mufasa was mm-hmm. responsible for um which i would lend even more reason for scar to be upset and angry that that mufasa has has taken over as king right. rather than him
0: yeah and so they basically have like an unhealthy relationship between each other as brothers hmm. that probably manifested throughout like their entire lives and in the movie he they even joke how scar would make like a good throw rug they just hate each other it's you know i don't know much about sibling rivalry but this is like probably unhealthy cross the line type of bad type of bad relationship or type of unhealthy relationship and and i don't think either of them have really owned up to that Or, like, wanted to make it better. Maybe they have before, but it's just, I can see how resentment kind of manifests itself when so much has happened between them. And it's kind of gotten to a point where so much unhealthiness has happened in between them, probably, (laughs) where, like, they don't even, they probably don't even think of themselves as brothers.
1: Yeah, and Scar, in a lot of ways, he really kind of just puts up with Mufasa, who we see... In in the movie, we see Mufasa just like ready to be confrontational and, and to fight Scar and to kind of say these terrible things. And Scar often just walks away from the situation. We see him do that a number of times in the film. And you mentioned that that line where Mufasa and Zazu were joking about how Scar would make a good throw rug, which is kind of a jokey line until you start to think about it at all, which is he's joking about killing his brother and then sewing him up and then walking all over him and then I think Zazu makes the joke that if if Scar was a rug that they could take him out and beat him
0: mhm right right yeah that that doesn't sound like brotherly love
1: <laughs> very no, much no and if, if, if this is the kind of thing that Mufasa thinks it's okay to joke about Im- imagine what t- what kind of things he's been saying throughout their whole life imagine what kind of things that he said when he was in his adolescence going through puberty mm-hmm. you know I remember lions s- go through puberty I
0: <laughs> in our world I, they do I
1: assume it's a universal <laughs> but I, I don't know um, yeah. I just I think about you know I said some stupid stuff when I was young but I've never uh, suggested that I turn someone into a throw rug and then take them out and beat them.
0: Oh, man. Right, right. Yeah.
1: The, the, point, so, yeah. the point here, I think, is that <laughs> it does seem like Scar has a lot of good reason to have anger and resentment. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: ultimately, we're not, just, we're not saying that he's justified in, in killing Mufasa or killing Simba um, or a lot of the things that he does, which are truly nasty, but... The feelings that he has are certainly relatable.
0: Yeah. And it's not so surprising that he killed him to overthrow him if he doesn't think he's getting the respect that he feels he deserves.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I want to suggest, and uh, this this might be a stretch, but I don't know if it is, maybe Scar wasn't so bad and maybe Mufasa was not a good leader. And that we're, we're suffering from getting the story from a specific perspective, which paints uh, Mufasa and Simba as, as the good characters, but doesn't give us a true sense of everything that's happening. Yeah. I think, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Mufasa at one point, I think it's one of his most famous lines in the film, is he says to Simba, everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand to balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope.
0: But they kill the antelope. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, he, <laughs> he then he explains the whole circle of life thing. How oh, okay. they die, and then the the their bodies grow and turn into grass, and the antelope eat the grass. But what really bothers me about the about this quote, <laughs> this thing the Mufasa says is that he says to understand. And respects all of the creatures, and he even goes as far to say, from the ant to the antelope, to try to say that everyone is equal and everyone needs to be respected. Yet he has exiled the hyenas, and he mm-hmm. treats them like they don't matter and like they're not deserving of food or they're not deserving of a place in society. And we don't really get a reason why, right? I mean, they what they're kind of annoying. They're kind of ugly. I don't know. Those don't seem like good enough reasons to exile an entire species. And it very much reminded me of that line from Animal Farm all animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal than others, which um, really kind of makes Mufasa look like a racist or a, a speciesist in this case. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people compare Scar to Hitler because of. That be prepared song and a lot of the imagery in it and the way that they're marching kind of looks like a Nazi march, but Mufasa might be the better comparison. I think mm-hmm. he wants to push the people that he don't doesn't like the quote unquote undesirables um, out of the way so that he can have his happy perfect society and pretend like everyone's equal, even though he's just shoved the people that he doesn't want to be equal out of the way.
0: Mhm. And Scar yeah as you see later integrates everyone into the pride lands a lot of different a lot of animals in the pride lands so he's he's accommodating for the lions and the hyenas in the pride Le- pride lands when mufasa did not do that
1: yeah mufasa he really wants to sell us on his vision of a perfect harmonious society and he does a really good job of it right mm-hmm. i think we buy into it pretty well but he's had to Push the the animals that he doesn't like out of the way so that everything looks good. And I I just think that historically we frowned on people who've picked and chose which people are better just because we don't have because we have limited resources and we only. And it want, makes it easier. Yeah.
0: Right. Like people are like, oh, you this group of people need to leave, or the homeless need to leave because it makes it easier for us to control our society. But in, but instead people should be like. Um, we need to like help them, or like we need to give them resources and, you know, uphold our society to be able to accommodate them and give them the tools to succeed in this society, in, you know, instead of exiling them. You know, like that yeah. doesn't do any good.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And it reminds me of um, a number of years ago, I was in Vancouver, Canada, and it was right before the Winter Olympics. And we saw they had taken like basically like the entire homeless population of the city and shoved them into like a couple of city blocks in this park. And this park was just absolutely filled with homeless people because mm-hmm. they wanted them out of the way because there were going to be so many people and cameras in the city and they wanted to make the city look good. But you know, their way of making the city look quote unquote better was to take an integral part of it and push it out of the way even though that's that's a part of what vancouver is Mm -hmm. and i would argue and i i think scar might argue as well that we need to make society work for everybody and if if we don't have enough resources for everybody we find a way to do it together we don't push away the people that we don't agree with or that don't fit in as well as everyone else Right. We'll find a way to envelop them in society so that we can help them, like you said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you push them away, hey, they might find a dude named Scar, be like, hey, let's fucking you know take over the the leaders.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anywho,
0: so many and, reasons.
1: Well, and, <laughs> and who can blame them? Mm-hmm. Right. It's hard yeah. to blame oppressed people for trying to get a little bit of power and control back in their lives. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's 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 my whole rant. That. I'm not convinced Mufasa was a great leader.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: I think he made things look good and he made things work for most people, but mm-hmm. he did it at the expense of some people that he viewed as undesirable.
0: Do you think Simba would have been a good leader?
1: I think there is little evidence to support Simba would have been a good leader <laughs> because he has no education, no <laughs> leadership training. Um, I mean, what, what has he done to prepare himself to be a leader?
0: I don't know. He's pretty gullible, but I mean, he is also just a cub, but he
1: he doesn't know how society works Mm -hmm. because he grew up in a completely different climate and environment. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. That's true. It's kind of like the Prince syndrome of like, I'm kind of behind doors or behind walls of like what's out there, which then, you know, he kind of eventually ventures out, but that's beside the point. If his father hadn't died, he wouldn't have ventured out in the first place. And maybe venturing out taught him some good things about being a leader when he learned from Timon and Pumbaa. But all that wouldn't have happened if Scar wasn't there. Which does not justify his actions, but (laughs) also shows his importance, guys. Okay.
1: Well, while we're re-examining everyone's leadership abilities, Mm -hmm. I think it's probably important that we re-examine Scar's leadership ability. Was Scar actually a bad leader? Or was he a leader under bad circumstances?
0: That's a great question. So, like in the 1994 film, <laughs> The Lion King, you see this scene where he's like everything's just barren and there's just dry land. And it looks very dark and gray. And he's got the bird in a cage. What's the bird's name again?
1: (laughs) Zazu. (laughs)
0: Zazu. He's got Zazu in the cage. And basically, like, the female lions are... The lionesses are not hunting. And everything looks pretty crappy. So immediately, a person watching this would be like, oh, of course Scar wouldn't be a good leader because look at what he's done. But I can tell you, I still think that Scar meant to be a good leader... Because, first of all, with his Be Prepared song, he has a lot of lyrics about how things will get better under him and how it'll be a magical new place. And he is kind of in his element. He's not hiding anything from the hyenas, so there's no reason for him to lie to the hyenas. Because he already he always he already tells them that he's that they're gonna kill Mufasa for him. He's not he's not hiding anything from them, right? There's no reason for him to lie. So your argument, if you have it, that oh Scar was just saying that, just to say that. No, I think he was probably pretty genuine that he did want things to do really well under his rule. He sang a whole song about it to the hyenas.
1: (laughs) Well, and why why wouldn't he want to be a good leader?
0: Right. He wants to show that he's capable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and if if he doesn't succeed, then they all die.
0: Right, then there's no one to lead.
1: Yeah. That's true.
0: So if you haven't listened to the Be Prepared song in a long time, go do it. It's an absolute banger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It should play in the clubs.
1: Be prepared.
0: um, Yeah.
1: Unless you watch the new film, because he doesn't really sing it, he just kind of talks it.
0: Oh, dumb. Well, anywho, 1994 is canon, guys. Anywho... Um, okay, so he, for example, he says this in, he says in his be prepared song, be prepared for sensational news a shining new error is tiptoeing nearer amazing. So something happened though like I truly believe he wanted things to go well under his leadership but then the hyenas were in there and basically what happened is so many animals in one place in the pride lands used up resources drink the water, and then the antelopes wouldn't drink the water, they'd go somewhere else, and so they didn't have much food. But, so there's an article that I came across by Robert Jennings, thank you, he talks a lot about desertification. It's about how, sure, drying up resources, or at least having a lot of animals there, can contribute to a lot of desertification, of basically making things desolate. But there also has to be something else there, which is a drought. And that can also cause desertification. And unfortunately, as it is a nat- natural process. So this was going to happen eventually. It's just that it sounds like Scar may have contributed. Ha- you know, he has some responsibility to kind of expediting this process. But also at the same time, it sounds like there was a drought going on that he could not fully control. Um, because at,
1: all, uh, yeah. at all control. You can't. Right. You can't control a drought. And right. I, I, I don't buy that the inclusion of the hyenas could have possibly been enough to cause have a significant impact on a drought. Right. And on top on top of that, Sim- Simba is... I, I think we, we don't realize that Simba could only have been gone for two or three years, tops. It looks like he's gone for like a decade because he grows up, but lions grow up a lot faster than humans, so he's not gone that long. So it's not like Scar has ruined this place over a number of decades. This place like went downhill really fast. And even if Scar had some impact on it, we we really, I think we really have to assume something major happened. And I think it's this drought that you're talking Mm -hmm. about that no one had any control over. It was going to happen either way. If Mufasa was the leader, this drought Still would have happened, and they still would have been going through poor times. Mm-hmm. It's just Mufasa would have been like, screw the hyenas, they can all die. And Scar is like, well, we've got to try to feed everybody. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just remembered this. There's this part in the film when, when Scar is in charge where the lions aren't hunting, and he threatens that if they don't hunt, then he is going to let the hyenas eat all of the food that they get first. And the hyenas don't leave anything behind, which tells me that he's been letting other people eat first and then the remaining rations to the hyenas. And, and so he's kind of being fair and saying, like, if I give the food to the hyenas, they're going to eat it all, but I'll give it to you first and then I'll give it to the hyenas because you have self-control and then they can finish mm-hmm. off what's left. It just it just lends evidence to the fact that he's thinking about these things and thinking about how to preserve their resources. I really think he might not have been a terrible leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, It was more likely that he went through a terrible time period.
0: Right. Yeah. And I still think, you know, he's some people would say, oh, Scar, he didn't like think about his own kind about the lions, but he still did, you know, with that point that you brought up about how he was still feeding the lions, it sounds like first before the hyenas, and that he's just being more inclusive. And, and it's also kind of an interesting balance too. I think that leaders in general have to kind of balance so many different groups and their feelings where he wants, he still wants to be favored among hyenas and lions as much as he can, even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes because he gets angry um, but he needs to kind of keep that balance to continue on with support and to make sure that people get fed. So like he's kind of like a leader in a tight position not only because he's trying to accommodate for so many groups of animals and you know it's kind of like that example of when a politician goes through kind of a bad period in history like a war or they go through um, something major that's like traumatizing that was actually that was actually out of their control but then sometimes going through that can bring out the worst in leaders because they are under so much stress or they're trying to make things better for everyone but it doesn't go that way they sometimes have to sacrifice during these hard times and sometimes they get angry sometimes they don't act very well during a press release (laughs) during, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky thing to be a leader. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, not, not to say that Scar is not a bad dude. uh,
0: (laughs) He tried to kill a child.
1: Yeah. He does, he does, he does a lot of pretty objectively bad things, but I think kind of the point that we're landing on here is that there, there's a lot of reason to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt for some things, just, just because he's evil in some ways and, and not caring um, about other people's lives in some ways doesn't mean that he is bad in all aspects and doesn't ultimately... Um, have a, a plan in mind to try to do good, and I think that's that's a way that we can kind of empathize with him. Mm-hmm. That's a way that I can empathize with him because I I I would not categorize myself as evil, but I often have good intentions, and oftentimes, even with the best of intentions, I still mess up and do bad things. <laughs> I, I think I think we all do, and I think that that's really something we can can relate to with with scar
0: right how would you manage if you were experiencing a drought with no food what would you
1: do that's a it's a really it's a really tough question i don't know i just i i think that it's it's easy to kind of get in that mindset of like thinking about like who's the most important but i think that's a dangerous road to go down and and one that morally that i would not be comfortable with and I think that's mm-hmm. the route that Mufasa probably would have taken. He would have let the hyenas die out. I don't think Scar would have done that. I think trying to find the best way to ration the most resources to, to everybody is the the best way to go. I don't know how to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a leader. Mm-hmm. I don't think Simba would have known how to accomplish that because he's had no experience. <laughs> and I don't know if Scar did a good job with it either. But unfortunately, he's the one who had to deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, is that, like you said, I, I still think scar is pretty evil um because he's really he gets kind of mean but at least he's mean on the outside at least he doesn't lie about his meanness only only when he caught only when he killed Mufasa and exiled simba <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. that part he faked niceness but other than that he's pretty real he's pretty raw he's he says a lot what he Things, which is kind of cool sometimes because at least i know that you know what you see is what you get and he doesn't take criticism lightly and he never sacrifices his pride like if someone tries to question him he gets pretty angry but in his defense he's a lion and he lives in the pride lands and lions are supposed to be prideful so what do you expect that's who he is he's yeah. prideful <laughs> I mean that was that's what he was kind of born to be.
1: Yeah, so we we always try to end our episodes with something um, a little bit fun, kind of random, and related to the character in some way, obviously as well. And we couldn't really think of of anything for this episode, but the, the one thing when thinking about Lions and the Lion King specifically, the the theme that keeps coming up is the significance of the roar and how important that is to a success. As a leader and as just a lion in general, Simba's constantly trying to learn how to roar. And actually in the Lion Guard animated series, which we don't really think is canon, but (laughs) (laughs) is is interesting nonetheless because it provides some more information about the characters. Scar has this uh, skill called the, I think it's called the roar of the elders Mm -hmm. that he can like invoke And then he like destroys people or something.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just read this. I have not actually seen it. It seems pretty silly. But the important thing is that the roar is significant. It's a, I I think for the lions, it's a way to show their power and their strength and to just kind of let out their feelings. And so I'm sorry, this reminds me of
0: something. When I was in, when I was probably like eight years old, I was in this play, like this Uh church play and I had to be a lion and I put treats on my back and crawled on all fours and roared at all the parents as I walked through the audience I don't know that's just reminded me of it
1: that's and it was
0: very important for me to do that
1: (laughs) a very strange play scenario I don't think I've seen anything like that
0: anywho go on
1: (laughs) All right, so this is your chance to reprise your role as the lion and to give out your best roar.
0: Wait, just me? Yep. (laughs) No! Okay. How many tries do I get? Can I get, like, can I warm up? Sure. (laughs) It's not that funny, Tiana.
1: (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, Simba's roar was historically pathetic.
0: That's true, but he's a lion, so it's not so weird for him to be sitting in his bedroom at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night practicing a roar. But I guess humans have their own type of roars. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. Oh, oh. okay. Here. What's, instead of a lion roar, what's your roar? And I think, so I I think I would define a roar as like a, a, a thing that you can be proud of and put out there and feel good about that'll show off who you are maybe maybe i don't know Do you know what i'm getting yeah at? i know what you mean like that uh what Katy perry song
0: oh yeah isn't that a song <laughs> <laughs> it's a song <laughs> i guess like for example someone could be like an opera singer and that's like their roar because they're so good at opera and they want to put yeah. it out there
1: and they well, use your voice. What would your roar be? That thing that you would put out in the world to show off who you are that you're proud of and makes you feel powerful.
0: I guess like poetry makes me feel powerful, like performing that. So I said I said what my roar was. What is yours?
1: Mine, I don't know. I like I kind of like bragging, but like also I like don't.
0: Oh. Do you know well, that feeling? Too bad. Pretend you're in an interview and you have to brag to give it the job.
1: So I think the reason The reason that I'm like kind of uncomfortable with it is because I think that some of the things I'm most proud of are things that I'm not that great at. So like, I want to say like right right now I've been, um, I've been sewing a lot. Mm -hmm. I've been learning to use my sewing machine.
0: I've seen that. That's very impressive.
1: I'm not super great at it, but it, it, it excites me. It makes me feel empowered that I can like make my own things and I can make things for other people. And so I think like right now at this moment, that's. Like my roar, that's what makes me feel like strong and and powerful that I have control over this thing that I I love to do. And Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, I like that. Well, for shits and giggles, I'm still going to roar. Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: Is that the practice?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. We'll say that. Okay. You do one.
1: Well,
0: that's not fair because you're a man. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to do really deep, like yours.
1: All right, well, good
0: talk.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) We want to hear you roar, both literally and metaphorically. Yes. Reach out to us on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and let us know what you do that makes you excited and proud of yourself. Share it with the world. You know, you deserve to feel good about the things that you do that make you feel good.
0: That's true.
1: Unless they are evil things. Indeed. Yeah, then go share those with uh, someone you trust or a counselor or a therapist. <laughs> right. And, and find a way to process those. Connect with other people.
0: Yeah, thanks, Joe.
1: And just as a reminder, we are going to take a short hiatus. We'll be back probably sometime in January. In the meantime, we will still be active on Instagram, and maybe Twitter, maybe Facebook, and he says, maybe because
0: I might not may or may not be active.
1: If you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Let us know what you think and how we're doing. We really appreciate those. This is something that we just do for fun. Uh, we do it on our own and we do all the work and we do it for free. And we love to keep we love to keep doing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a hobby for us, but um, uh, it really helps motivate us when we hear from all of you.
0: Yes, that's true. Yes, please reach out to us. We will res- slide into my DMs.
1: Uh, as always, the episode was written, produced, uh, edited, everything by us, Joe Anderson and Tiana Headings. Uh This has been our episode on SCAR, and uh, thank you for listening and sticking around this far through this uh, <laughs> rambling that we've been doing.
0: Yes, thank you so much for your time. Adios, amigo.